This is the Branches Podcast. We try to keep it simple in this family of faith. Love God and love people. Let's not make it harder than Jesus intended. If you'd like to know more about our community of faith, you can visit us at branchesoc.com. Welcome to uh, us sharing the message that will be happening this Sunday at Branches, and we share this for those that can't make it on Sunday or for those that just want to hear about Jesus. They're, you're either curious or you have to stay at home or for whatever reason um, you want to hear from him. So I hope that uh, I can get out of the way and you can hear him. We're going through a series on evangelism um, that fits underneath our mission as a church to love God and love people. Even though we're going through a series on evangelism, uh, I hate evangelism. I'm not a fan. Um, the way it's defined, the way we look at it, the way people approach it. And so we're trying to go through what I believe is the heart of what Jesus wants us to have as we share this good news and what it looks like in the context of being in America being for us particularly in Southern California. So last week we talked about uh, Paul saying that we're ambassadors for Christ. We're his representatives. And when you think about being an ambassador for Jesus, that's a little, it's a little overwhelming. You think of all of the characteristics of Jesus. And if we're going to be like the moon, which reflects the only light it has is reflected from Jesus. And we think about us having those characteristics or even being able to be reflective um, of him and his message. If we're ambassadors, we're sent from him and we're messengers. And the idea of having the characteristics of Jesus, one, there's just too many. And secondarily, it's, it's Jesus. And so for me, it just, I'm always going to feel like a failure if I look at it that way. And so what I want us to do is take a step back uh, at this message, and I want us to look at what it means um, to take on just two characteristics, because I think that all of the qualities, the characteristics of Jesus could be summed up in just two qualities. And I didn't come up with this on my own. It just seems to show itself time and time again not only in the actions of Jesus, but even in the way that he's described by those who knew him best. And so I'm going to read from John chapter 1. And this is John, who walked with Jesus, witnessing, evangelizing, sharing, being a messenger of who he knew Jesus to be. And so this is what he says about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I mean, he's talking about someone he knows, someone he knew, someone he's walked with. And that is... I mean, I've said some nice things about people, but I've not said anything like that about anybody I've known. He goes on to describe Jesus. He said, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
And John came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. Again, John now is a messenger, an ambassador. In verse 8, John says about John the Baptist, he says, He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. I mean, I, I was so tempted just to just talk about this. Because this is what we're all about. Who Jesus is. This is not just some great guy. This is someone who claimed to be God and those who walked with him said, he's different. He's the true light. And they gave their life up because they knew that life here was temporary. But through Jesus, they knew what eternal life could look like. They knew what real life was. But here are the two characteristics. John says this about Jesus. He, he refers to him as the Word or the Logos. The Word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Those are the two elements. Those are the two qualities of Jesus, that as ambassadors and messengers, when, we're, when we think of what does it look like to share our faith with others, it begins with grace and truth. And it says that he was full of it, full of this grace and full of this truth. It wasn't that, like when I hear that, I think of being 50% grace and 50% truth, like fully balanced. No. He said he was full, which means he was 100% grace and 100% truth. So I want to dive into what that looks like and especially what it looks like for us to reflect this. So let's look at Jesus again. Let's start with the truth. What does it mean when we say that he was full of truth? Well, as he defined himself, he didn't hold back. He says, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. He says that in John chapter 8. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can you imagine the questions he received on that one? Wait, wait, wait. What are you saying? And then when he was teaching people and talking to them, and especially when he was one-on-one, -on -one, he said things that were the truth that was painful to hear because sometimes the truth is painful because it's not what you wanted or it shows you something that you didn't quite want to see. You know, when you get that phone call or that text or that email that says, um, we need to talk or you see someone's name pop up on your phone and immediately you assume the worst because within us, we, we know that we fall short. No one wants to hear their voice in a video or on an answering machine 
because you, you hear all the imperfections and it's just easier not to look. But Jesus loved us enough that he would share the truth. Like he said to Peter, when Peter was saying things that weren't true about Jesus, you need to stay here. Don't die. You're not going to be raised again. We don't need to deal with that. Just stay here. You can accomplish more here. And Jesus said to Peter, get behind me. You're like Satan right now. Okay, that's pretty intense. Who wants to hear that? He says, get behind me, Satan. You have on your mind the things of man and not the things of God. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, a little aggressive there, right, Jesus? But that's the truth feels that way sometimes. It needed to be said, but ooh, it, can, it can cut. Or when he said, the road that leads to life is narrow. Well, you know, what about everybody? What about, you know, hey, no matter what happens. No, he says the road that leads to life, not just eternal life, but life here on earth, real life. It's narrow. It's not as broad as we want it to be. There is truth. And then he said things that our culture doesn't want to hear. You can't serve both money and God. That's sharing the truth. And there's so many other examples I could have given of him interacting with others and dropping truth bombs. But when you think about truth, you share truth when you love someone. And you... I like the way Randy Alcorn, who I loved his book on grace and truth. So if you haven't read it, it's very short, less than 100 pages, and there's just such good stuff in there. But he said this. He said that truth is like a guardrail. So imagine you're driving up in the mountains for us here in Southern California. If we're driving up, uh, up to go to Big Bear or Ridgecrest, and we're going through these narrow roads, and it just drops off. And there's these guardrails when it comes around turns to protect people from going off. And so imagine you're coming down, and I've, I've come very close to this several times, driving down, and you start to slide out, and then there's the rail. And if someone were to slide out and hit that guardrail, well, they're going to scrape up the whole side of their car. If you've ever scraped up the side of your car, you're not happy about it. It's not comfortable. It's not enjoyable. You think of all that it's going to cost you. But I'll tell you this, when you're driving down and you hit that guardrail, the first thing you do when you get out of your car, you don't look at your car and go, oh my gosh, look what just happened to my car. You look at that guardrail and you're like, thank God someone put a guardrail there to protect me from going over the edge. God doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. And this truth that he shared with Peter, this truth that he shares with us about money and serving God. It's because he loves us. It's because he wants what's best for us. So he's 100% full of this truth. But he's also 100% full of this grace. And I started with truth on purpose because I want to spend more time talking about grace. Um... When you think about grace, Jesus said this. These are just, there's so much, so many examples of his words and his actions that communicated grace. And it sounds like this. He says, you are forgiven. He said that so many times to different people that didn't earn it. That's grace. Go and sin no more. 
he said to the, the woman caught in adultery in front of everyone, uh, is no one left here to condemn you? Because he dropped the truth bomb on all the other people that wanted to throw rocks at her to kill her. The truth he shared was, if any of you haven't sinned, yeah, go ahead, fire away the first stone. Give it your best fastball. But that truth, and the oldest figured it out first, they had to walk away because they knew that they had fallen short as well. And so then he looked at the woman and he said, is no one left to condemn you? And she says, no. And so the grace of Jesus, he says, then neither do I. Go and sin no more. To the criminals up on the cross who did not deserve it, the one that said, please let me go with you to paradise, Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. He didn't do anything to earn that. We aren't, we aren't given all of the crimes he committed to be in that position. But Jesus responds in grace. Jesus was 100% truth and 100% grace. But we as Christians, we're, we're usually off balance. As churches, we're usually off balance. We either lean one way or another. And I love the way that Randy Alcorn said it when he, he tried to divide the two churches. And he gave stereotypes of those that either just focus on truth or those that lean way farther on grace. They're both important. You can't separate them. He says this, he says, truth-oriented Christians in general love studying scripture and theology, but sometimes they're quick to judge and slow to forgive. They're strong on truth, but weak on grace. And then he says, grace-oriented Christians love forgiveness and freedom, but sometimes they neglect studying the word, the truth, and they see moral standards as legalism. They're strong on grace, but weak on truth. We are meant as the people of God to hold both. And it is a delicate balance. And I don't think that there's any way to ever have it perfect. But we need to respect and honor and seek both of these qualities as ambassadors for Christ. As we're sharing this good news, we don't just share the truth. We're also filled with grace. And we don't just do grace, but we also share the truth because both are needed. They both are used to create changed lives, born-again lives. Um, as people, and especially as churches, which is just people following Jesus that are together, we act much like, uh, like my dogs. We used to have these labs. Um, the labs, <clears throat> they loved the tennis balls and they were bigger. I mean, we had hundred pound labs. We always had labs and they could put two balls in their mouth. No problem. So they pick one, they pick two. It was just hilarious. They'd walk around. It's like, Hey, what do you want to do here? Can you pick one? But now someone, um, gave us a, a, a dog that they couldn't keep where they could have kept, but I think they were trying to be generous to my daughter. And they gave us a, a French bulldog puppy. Uh, he's this big. The tennis ball is a good percentage of his body. So he can only pick up one at a time. He can pick up one, but he can't then pick up another one. He can't hold them both at the same time. And as the people of God, so often we forget we're supposed to have both. It's not just one or the other. It's meant that we do this 
together. And I wanted to focus on grace, and I want to finish with that right now, because I think that, we, that grace needs to come first. When Jesus was talked about, when people witnessed about him in Scripture, those that knew him best, they always seemed to emphasize the grace first because it was foreign. It was, it was shocking. Truth is easy. And the, the religious community, there was a lot of truth, but it was, it was cold. But Jesus came with truth and grace. And the thing about grace is that it, it opens the way for truth. I first heard this um, communicated in this way by a, ma a man named uh, Adrian DeVisser. Uh, some friends of ours from our church had met him uh, in Sri Lanka, and he has this organization called Kithu Savana. And their churches, churches scattered that he's planted, that he's supporting, that he's looking after. And he came and he spoke with us, and he, he, they do so many things for the community. They care for the orphans, they, they have schools, um, they provide food when needed, they medical care. They do all of these acts of grace, these acts of love. And he said so clearly, he said, we do this because we love them. But we've noticed that as we do this, it opens the door to the truth. And he just said it so clearly. Grace opens the door to truth. And it seems that Truth doesn't do as good of a job of opening the door to grace. <laughs> but this truth, it, it settles, it can be accepted, it can be received when it's given in love, when it's given in grace. Uh, I was with Young Life for a long time, and Young Life is a, is a, a mission to teenagers to introduce teenagers to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. But regardless of what they decide, we walk with them. We are in relationship. We're up close, incarnational. And the statement they used to always use, I remember when I first was introduced to Young Life and I went away on a, a retreat to learn about it. And um, they said, you need to earn the right to be heard. And what they meant by earning the right is by loving them, by being in relationship by caring more about them than the agenda of the truth or the message because we have such confidence in the truth that we don't have to defend it what we're called to do what jesus called us to do was to love god and to love people and if we're loving them then the time will come for us to use words but if we use the words and there's no love then as paul said it's like a it's like a clanging cymbal. It's like a drum out of rhythm. It just, it's wrong. It just doesn't feel right. When someone comes up to you and just starts to try to, you know, tell you how you should think, how you should live, and yet you don't know them, they haven't earned the right. But Jesus was full, 100% of grace and 100% of truth. And so for us, as we are ambassadors, as messengers for him, we need to embody both. 
And in general, we need to make sure that we understand that grace is going to open the door for truth. And I have not seen it happen very often the opposite way. It has, but not nearly as often as grace opening the door. So what I want us to do is to look forward in the next couple of weeks and see what that looks like then with the understanding as we've talked about the past few weeks that it is love that causes us to want to share this good message and the way we do it is with love it's not always what we say but more often it's how we say it and we say it with our lives we say it with our our passion for others and so what we're going to look at is how does this look in a practical way and so starting next week, we're going to talk about um, a plan for sharing our faith, which is to invest and invite. And invest, we just choose that word because it starts with the letter I. And we stole it from someone else that came up with the idea, and it sounds great. But to invest means you already love them. You're not loving them for another thing. You're not trying to care for them so that you could do something else. You're invested in them. You love them. You're walking with them. You love anyway. But then as you do, you're like, how can I create as an ambassador, as a mediator, how can I create an opportunity for those that I already love? How can I invite them into a situation where they can be exposed to the truth? The truth that Jesus recklessly loves them and has a plan for their life. The message isn't from us. It's from him. He's the one that accomplishes, as, as, as John says, he's the one that brings the light into darkness, not us. John, the Baptist, said, hey, I got to become less. He becomes more. Don't be looking at me. And that's the same that we do. We invest and we invite so that they can meet the one that is greater than us because we love them. Father, Every time I speak, I, I feel like I just don't do it justice. But my confidence is in you. My confidence is in your Holy Spirit to communicate what needs to be heard. I ask it for this, and I ask for it on Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless.